coronavirus and your mortgage. We got to talk about this, guys. So many people are getting hurt right now trying to figure out how to pay their bills. More importantly, how to pay their mortgage as we cope with coronavirus. Let's talk about it today on the Veterans Home Buying Show. Welcome to the Veterans Home Buying Show. I am your host, Brian Bailey. The Veterans Home Buying Show is all about my mission, which is to help 5,000 veterans become homeowners in the next five years. It all started as a concept for a book called Buying My First Home as a Military Veteran. And this was my initial out-of-the-box introduction to real estate marketing and sales. After the release of my book, I wanted to reach out to more of our living veterans in order to pass more valuable home buying information to our military superstars. This podcast is dedicated to all the veterans worldwide that sign their name on the dotted line in order to keep America free. Each episode will provide our veterans with home buying tips, solutions, what to look for, money-saving information, credit-building secrets, and much, much more. We will also have guests who I call home buying SMEs or subject matter experts in the area of the home buying process. We will even have some guests on our show that will help you even after you move in. The Veterans Home Buying Show. Hi, this is Brian Bailey, and welcome to another episode of the Veterans Home Buying Show. And today, well, I'm doing a special show because now, as you know, we're going into week, I can't even keep up anymore, week something of the coronavirus. And there's a lot of issues going on right now in the real estate industry, the mortgage industry. Folks want to know what is the next step. So I invited uh, a friend of mine to come in and talk about that, and we want to cover some really, really good things. So. Uh, I'm going to introduce him as Eddie Jackson. He's going to tell you all about himself, what he's been doing, uh, some of the things that he's doing now, even with the veteran community, he is still focused on that through this uh, ordeal as well. So uh, Eddie, take it away and welcome to the Veterans Home Buying Show. Great. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's um, it's exciting to be here um, and anything that I can do to um, help help our veterans, whether it's providing information on a podcast or whatever I can do, I'm happy to do. Um, so my, my background is basically 15 years in, in the mortgage industry. I started off processing and underwriting loans. Um, and I've been in mortgage sales in New York City, Brooklyn, and I've been here in the DMV area uh, where, you're, where you do business mm -hmm. for the last five or six years. So, um, but it's a new time, right? Um, it reminds me very much of what we saw in 2008. And um, one of the uh, memories that resonates with me from that time in 2008, the, the housing crisis is, um, it, it's not about the people that I helped. It's about those people that we didn't get to, you know, and, and maybe uh, they suffered some tragedy that we could have helped them avoid by just being proactive, giving people the right information so that they can make decisions that maybe put them in a position to be doing better on the other end of coronavirus, or at the very, at, at the very least, hopefully um, um, they're choosing the best of available options. And if there is some sort of financial tragedy, um, we're positioning them to recover as quickly as possible and, and live a healthy, full uh, financial life going forward. 
Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with that. Folks are scared right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we don't want to sound the alarms, but folks are unemployed. I mean, we're looking at the numbers right now, and, and I'm trying to remember yesterday. Did it say, was it 5.5 million people? Or now 16, out of 16 million. 16 million one, total in the last one out weeks, of, right? Yeah, like one out of every 10 people um, is unemployed. It's something like it filed for unemployment. It's something crazy like that. Right, yeah. right. So a certain percentage of those people are not able now to pay their mortgage. What what does that mean? Right. How do how do you guys look at that being in your industry? What happens? Okay, so um, best case scenario, we prepared in advance. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about what preparation means because a lot of people listening to this podcast are still in a position position to prepare. Um, for something they may experience six months from now. So number one, get your mortgage payment as low as you can get it. Consolidate debt if you can and it makes sense to. Number two, every person with equity should have a home equity line of credit, right? That's going to allow you to leverage your equity to pay bills and keep yourself afloat um, if you have some disruption in income. If you do those two things, there's a good chance that no matter what happens with your job, that you're going to be in a position to, um, you know, make it through the storm. Now, for those that that aren't able to, you know, you lose your income and and you weren't prepared with six months of mortgage payments or payments for your bills, and you got to figure out what's next. Um, the biggest word in the media today is 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 forbearance, right? And um, what I'll tell you about that is. You don't, you, if you called your lender and said, Hey, I'm having an issue, they have to uh, waive or, or take your mortgage payment for the next six months and uh, deal with you in that, those payments after six months without any proof. And if after six months you, you still are having an issue, they have to give you another six months if you can prove you had an issue. Now, for those that absolutely need it, use it. But for everyone, I would warn you that when that time is up, there's two things. Lenders are trying to find a way while they can't report you late to indicate you did this so that they can take it into account when you try to borrow in the future, where that means giving you higher rates or not approving you for things. And secondly, they're not necessarily taking that payment and putting it to the back of the loan, right? They may increase, say, you know what, I'm looking at your salary. We're going to increase your mortgage payment by 800 bucks for the next two years. And so, so, so what, what worries me is we have a lot of people filing for forbearance and it's not their best option. And there, there may be consequences on the end of it that they didn't know about up front. And then, and then those come to bear two, three years from now. So the best thing you could do is talk to an expert about your specific situation. But forbearance, just beware. It, it's not just a free, a free thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the forbearance, um, they just, just to recap. So they call their mortgage company, whoever they're dealing with presently mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I'm having issues. I got laid off or furloughed from my position and um, I can't make my mortgage payment. That's pretty much what they have to say. Yeah, anything. Just, hey, I'm having trouble because of corona. And that's it. There's, there's no proof, nothing needed. And, and again, they'll, they immediately stamp you approved not to make your six payments. 
It's just they've got discretion on how they handle it after the fact. Okay. The bank, the lender does. Okay, thanks. Okay. So um, let's talk uh, modification. So if you did a mortgage forbearance, forbearance and you did it because you lost your job and you didn't have income, if as a lender goes back and reviews the reason that you did it and looks at your income today, you know, a, a, a strong, reputable lender is going to negotiate with you and hopefully put you in a position so you have a payment that allows you to still maintain your residence. So um, if you're doing the right thing, uh, what I expect is the right thing will happen. But there are a lot of moving parts. Um, kind of the rule was made overnight, and mortgage companies have been asked to figure it out as we go. So um, there, there aren't a, a lot of things I can tell you about the future um, as far as forbearance goes that, that, that we know for sure is going to come true. Um, so modification, that just means that they, um, the mortgage lender looks at your current terms, looks at your income, and says, hey, you know what? Maybe if we lower this rate a little bit, um, that's the difference between this person being able to afford it and not being able to afford it. Um, it just means they're looking at your terms, looking at your specific situation. Normally when you file for a modification, it's like, um, it's, it's, it's more tedious than getting your first mortgage. You know, they're they're going to find out everything about you. Um, they're not, they don't try to make it really comfortable to do. But if you try, if you, if you consistently try to pay all of your bills and um, it's just a matter of you, you know, having a little more home than you can afford, you'll find some lenders will work with you. Um, again, going back to 2008, uh, I, I can remember people feeling like that process was frustrating. Um, lots of people hoped for modifications and it, it didn't work out. Um, I, the, my, my, my experience, in my experience, the, the best options always to figure out how to deal with it yourself. Mm. The minute you go to a lender asking for things that don't make them money, um, you don't want to count on that working well. That You don't want that to be your only option. I'll just say that. Um, please don't not make your mortgage payment because uh, you, you think that it's going to result in something good for you. A lot of people made that mistake in 2008 in hindsight you know, people were lying saying, Hey, you know, miss your mortgage payment for six, seven months, and then they'll do it for you. Just not so they look deeper than that to see if you could have made your payment. And if you could have, and you didn't, then, um, then, um, you know, then there, there, there are real consequences for that. Mm -hmm. That could affect your credit score too, right? Could affect whether or not you continue to own that home. Mm. Yeah. Worse than that. that. No, it's not the best option. No for most people. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Jackson, what do you think about refinancing? So you didn't lose your job yet, but right. because of, you know, some companies are having still teleconferences, they're updating their employees. They're saying we have enough cash for another three or four months. Hopefully you with a, you know, a company that's big enough that takes care of their people like that. Yep. And this is still going on three to four months later. You're like, well, you know, let me, let me get proactive and refinance just in case, if I can get a lower interest rate. Because one of the things that I got a question on, what was it, two weeks ago? When yeah. the feds uh, lowered interest rates, not mortgage interest rate, but the Fed rate, did that allow the uh, the ability to refinance? Did, did it make it cheaper? Did it lower those rates at all? 
so not not initially, um, mm -hmm. but they're they had the right intentions. So initially, they thought putting forty billion dollars a day into the mortgage markets was going to lower rates, mm -hmm. and all that did was put a lot of mortgage companies out of business. So um, I won't I won't bore you. No, I, I think no, no, I think. No. That's huge. You, you just said something I don't think a lot of people realize. All that yeah. money was pushed down to help the mortgage companies, to help the large corporations. But really, we're talking about mortgage companies right now. And you said mortgage companies are now going out of business because of that? Yeah. So, so, so what happened, the, the end result of the Fed pumping tens of millions of dollars a day in the mortgage-backed securities is um, there, there were they were basically buying up the loans that you might get. Well, if they're putting $40 billion of money to, into the market to buy mortgage-backed securities, but only $20 billion were available a day, then there's $20 billion of money out there to buy things that don't exist. So um, the, the end result of that was um, maybe one day, it was a Monday, and we saw the lowest rates in history. I got somebody in um, at a like a two and a half percent thirty year fixed, mm. and that was Monday morning. By Tuesday afternoon, so um, uh, so some mortgage companies were um, asked to come up with millions and millions of dollars mm. um, unexpected unexpected unexpectedly <laughs> those right, are right. called those are called uh, margin calls so basically um the the lender that they're supplying money you know mortgages to says hey i know normally you'd owe me two million dollars next friday but i need it today mm -hmm. and and something just happened um it was a technical issue uh we was all excited about monday you know someone just got that two point percent uh loan and then something happened on Tuesday, but because of technical difficulties, sorry guys, you dropped off. So repeat what happened on Tuesday, because folks are sitting by and they're going like, what happened, what happened? Right, so, so Monday we we're lowest rates in history and Tuesday rates went up to, went up by like 2%, just overnight. Wow. In 15 years of the mortgage business, um, I've never seen that happen. I don't believe it's ever happened in the history of mortgages, 2% in rates in one day. So the, the end result of the, the federal government pumping that much money into the mortgage industry was just instability. It didn't help at all. Uh, fortunately, um, some of the experts in the mortgage industry that all of us that are all of us mortgage professionals look to for guidance, mm -hmm. uh, put together a letter and uh, basically explaining why the Fed's uh, approach uh, was flawed and how it was impacting mortgage companies. And as a group, we all went to our representatives and the, uh, our contacts in D.C. specifically. And over the course of about a week, they, it got to the right people. They listened and they changed their strategy. So now things have stabilized and rates have come back down. But um, the, the, that shot would have put a lot of small businesses out of business. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm on a, I work for a mortgage brokerage that's over 100 years old and, you know, we did about three and a half billion dollars last year. So we're, we're large with a parent company that's even bigger. So, so my company's in a, in a position to make it through that, but your local mortgage companies um, are limping 
right now. They're really limping through. I, I, I've gotten more calls from mortgage brokers with things they can't do in the last week than in my entire career. And it just, it just shows that, um, you know, that, that uh, they're going to be lasting effects to what they did, what the Fed did for two or three weeks uh, to those small mortgage companies. So you, you the consumer, how it's going to impact you, specifically uh, you, the veteran consumer, is you might get one answer someplace and a different answer someplace else. And um, that's not how things were a month ago. A month ago, every broker could do the same thing. All banks kind of did the same thing. But if one broker gave you an answer, 99, with 99% certainty, every other broker would tell you the same thing. Today, one broker is going to have a minimum 680 credit score to get a VA loan. And another one will be 660. If you go to the 680 person and they, they decline you, they're probably not going to tell you who to go to. They're just going to tell you you're declined. And you might think that you can't refinance or your score is not high enough. And it's just because you didn't ask the right person. So um, I'll tell you, today, minimum scores, probably 620 is the best you're going to do literally start literally starting today but if you go into your local bank your local credit union you've got a 660 and you in and, and they decline you don't be discouraged don't keep paying that five percent you know um if you don't call anybody else call me and and if there is something i can't do then um i'll i'll let you know where to go that's good to know um like we know a lot of people are scared right now, even with initial purchases as a real estate professional, we see folks are kind of iffy, like, well, we don't know how long this is going to last. Should we buy? Should we wait? Are are interest rates going to drop on the purchases of new homes? I mean, Eddie, just the other day, Mr. Jackson, I was looking at the the news. I think, I don't know what news outlet it was, Um, but it had an article that posted saying that uh, D.R. Horton, which is a huge builder, uh, especially in the DMV area, uh, they are now hurting because their new home sales are like way down over the last month because of what's going on. So it's, it's right. hurting people in a new new purchase as well. Yeah, um, so so there, there is gonna be an impact to the housing market, but I, I don't think um, we should make the mistake of uh, thinking it's 2008 or expecting 2008. Right. One of the reasons that home values, the primary reason home values went, uh, dropped significantly in a short period of time in 2008 is because there are lots of people that had mortgage loans that could not pay them. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no scrutiny about, you know, lenders not committing fraud and everybody from the bottom to the top was involved in trying to get, get, make money off of every person they could getting all on at the most um, aggressive, let's say loan out there might, might've been written for someone who didn't have money on their tax return. Right. Mm-hmm. But that person still would have had 20% to put down. And, um, you know, their bank statements would have shown 20 to 30,000 deposit into their bank statement a month, right? So, so even the flexible loans, there was every reason to believe there was stable income. And because the people that are in their homes with mortgage loans should have gotten those mortgage loans generally, you're not going to see people going to foreclosure because of that. Now, um, unemployment, of course, uh, is going to 
is going to impact this. Now, the question really is um, the specific market where you live and want to buy in, um, how, how hard hit is unemployment there? And what's the likelihood that the, the, the core uh, drivers of the economy, those jobs, come back? immediately after we're on the other side of this. So factors to consider is how long is this going to go? You know, we're not, we're not, not to get too deep into those weeds, but we're not doing a good job of testing. And if you can't test on a, on a large scale, then, then you're going to have trouble uh, controlling whether or not people get it. Right. Right. Um, Then the other factor is when do you have a vaccine? All the experts say, aggressively beginning of next year. But the point is there, there's going to be this period between now and when we know who has it and now and when we have a vaccine. From here to there is a complete unknown. But once you're to the point where there's a vaccine, probably the first thing that recovers is the housing market before everything else. So um, being in the DMV area, um, all the government jobs, all the IT jobs, um, Loudoun County in Virginia being the highest income per capita in the country, at least, at least last year it was. Um, I, I think there's lots of reason to be optimistic if you're a current homeowner and um, not a whole lot of reason to think that home values are going to drop significantly. While, again, I, I would refer back to you for a person to ask market by market what, what, what the demographics are in a neighborhood where you consider buying to kind of have a better sense of what home values are going to do in that neighborhood. Yeah. And, and luckily for the real estate industry, our NAR representatives are doing all kind of uh, data analysis and keeping us mm-hmm. up to date. So on a monthly basis, we'll know what the market is looking like in different sections. And uh, also with PG car and our local uh, H car, Howard County association of realtors, they're on it, you know, so we know what the numbers are as we go back into the market. There you go. And if you, th- this is why, um, I, I, I caution anyone looking to buy a home that, that you, you don't want to do it without a realtor and you, you really don't want to do that without a, a real estate professional right now because you're not going to have the data to know where you should be buying or not. So there are going to be great opportunities now like there always are. There, there are going to be um, fewer people buying homes this year, right? Because some people just don't want to do the virtual thing of a certain percentage of people are just, are just going to put it on hold. So you don't have the same demand that you had before mm. and, and, and supply will be lower too. But the point is um, as long as the ratio matches, you still have strong housing numbers, right? If everybody wants to sell and nobody wants to buy, that's when you worry, right? Right. There's, there's going to be fewer people buying, fewer people selling. And I think values are going to be maintained. That's my guess. Uh, without without obviously knowing everything. Yeah, I think that's a good guess right now. Um, and again, only time will tell. We don't know how long this is going to go. Like you did mention, a year maybe for the vaccine. We'll see what happens. Um, and then after that, guess what? We now have what I'm calling it, and I heard folks saying it too, the new normal. So what yeah. is the new normal going to be as far as the mortgage industry, the real estate industry, the financial markets? It's not going to be the same as we go back. Right. So, you know, um, the, the, uh, I'm 41. When I was a kid, there were card catalogs, right? It's mm-hmm. a, it's a different world now than it was before, but some of us have been able to kind of dig our heels in the ground, so to speak, 
and just demand that the world isn't going to change in your house, even if it does around you. Well, now you're going to, now everybody has to change, right? Um, if, if you don't embrace doing things remotely and digitally, then uh, you're not, you're going to miss opportunities. You're not going to have access to things that are important to you doing well in life. So um, for mortgage people, you have to be with a company that um, like I've got a mobile app. I can sign my disclosures and two seconds from, from my kitchen table, my customers can, they upload their documents. I get texts and emails for everything they do. It's like my, my, my phone makes me a customer stalker. But the fact is I know what's happening at all times. And as a result, um, I can guide um, my people through the process to make sure they have a, a good experience. Um, if you're the type of person who wants to shake a hand and uh, hand your documents in person and you've never used a scanner, you don't want to, and you don't want to take pictures of your documents, it's just going to, um, you, you're going to, it's going to be hard to find um, people that'll interact in that way. So um, just embrace it. Use this time when things are quiet to, you know, pick up the smartphone, open your laptop, get, get, get acquainted with it. And um, just know that uh, just having a little patience um, will, will, will benefit you in the long run and, and you'll adapt to um, the technology and, and using it if you haven't already. So it's going to be better in the long run. Like your people are going to get conveniences that they, they, they never knew were out there. Like my, my mom still writes checks from a checkbook, you know? Oh yeah. Mine That's got to go away. Yeah. That's going to go away. <laughs> Nobody wants to open the letter with the check in it. Right. Oh no. <laughs> right. I was, like I, I opened a letter and wash my hands right afterwards. Yeah. 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 Amazon <laughs> dropped some packages off today and I had the, uh, the wipes and I'm wiping them down before. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so you, you gotta, you, you got on, um, as far, as far as employment opportunities go, um, you know, you just gotta realize that the things that you can do remotely are, are where the stable income is going to be. And I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't wait for someone else to change my circumstances. Um, I, 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 I think it's better to be on offense and, um, and create, create opportunities for yourself. So um, there are, there are lots of ways to make income. And I know, Brian, you and I doing what we do, we're, we're both, uh, we both have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I think that's in everybody. It's just, there's a process of finding what you love, um, investing the time to be an expert at that thing so that you can just do what you love. And when you're doing, when you, when you love something and you're an expert at it, then that gives you leverage in life because other people are going to need and or want you to do that for them. And that's job and income security, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, it's those steps. So I know a, a lot of us are, you know, uncomfortable with, um, it's scary to go out and try and build something yourself, but it, it, it's, it's only, the only thing you can trust uh, in the future, it, for most of us, is something you built yourself. No one can fire you from a job that you That's made. Right. That's right. right? Oh, you can quit. You can fire you. Your customer can fire you. But but then it comes down to whether or not you really delivered something that was valuable to them. So there there are lots of ways to do it. Um, I think that's what you're going to see change. 
people this you know a hundred years ago there were no cubicles where you could go sit and put on a headset and uh and and someone gives you money for food mm-hmm. as you as you do what what your tasks are for the day and that may be going away again you know you, you may have to get up and say oh okay how am i going to eat how am i going to get income i'm going to go um i'm going to go add value myself whether it be um learning it whether it be um you know i i have a few ideas without digging deep into it but being like getting involved in real estate you know being a loan officer um the average loan officer is 55 years old and looking to retire we need to we need a we need an influx of a young people over the next five years to come in and, and take these great jobs so there's plenty of opportunities just 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 embrace the change that that is the big difference right embrace the change you know you got me thinking that we can do a whole new show called the new normal yeah and uh because that's really what we're going into right now and one of the things that i wanted to talk about as well is you just shared with a lot of people today you have a lot of followers on social media something that you did for one of our veterans um as yeah. far as uh, i don't know if it was a refinance or what can you talk about yep. that sure yeah it was um it was a refinance a veteran and I, I think it, I, as I tell this story, I can touch on some previous points I made. A, a broker, a very small, flexible broker, cannot do um, VA streamlines, um, VA earls are what they call, is, is what they're called, um, with credit scores less than 680. So she had a veteran that needed to be helped, couldn't help him, and uh, thankfully called me. And um, I... Um, um, I, he, he went online in the middle of the night, submitted his mortgage application. Um, I woke up first thing in the morning, checked his credit. Gentleman had a 608 credit score. Um, I was able to get him locked in at 3.25%. Um, we don't charge any lender fees. So um, that, that, that was a nice gift to be able to uh, give the gentleman. And um, something that a lot of people don't know is Lenders often have the ability to, uh, to set a loan up uh, in a way that there's a credit to pay for closing costs. So um, in this particular case, his closing costs that would have otherwise just been rolled into his loan, he wouldn't have had to pay for them out of pocket, right. um, or about $2,000 to pay the county and the title company. And I was able to get him uh, a credit for $1,500. So um, I lowered his rate down to 3.25%. But for and his only cost was to roll in five hundred bucks. There was there were there going to be no out of pocket costs. He's going to skip a mortgage payment. And it's going to save him about two hundred and sixty bucks a month. So that that's how you prepare for the unknown. Oh man, they're they're employed today. But yes. What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? You know? That's it. That's right. So don't don't wait until you. So the rule of getting financing or having lenders and banks help you is. If you wait till you need it, you probably won't get it. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 be too busy to to ask a lender for an evaluation. Right. I think a lot of us don't ask because we're worried that somebody's going to try and pressure us to do something. Sometimes we don't ask because we're uncomfortable with with numbers. That's not you know what what you um, that's not your comfort zone. And um, you're worried that somebody's going to take advantage of you. Um, I get all that, 
you have to step one, identify an expert that you trust to put your interests first and to explain your options and help you choose what's best for you. Um, but, but a 20 minute call could, could change your life literally. Um, so, so especially I hate to throw specific numbers out. If you are paying 5% or more and you're a veteran, you have to look at refinancing your loan. Mm -hmm. You have to, some of you are out there paying six, 7% and you're too busy. Um, sorry, you're not too busy. Nobody's too busy to save three, 400 bucks a month. Just take the time and, and um, because you don't know, you don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring with your income, right? And you don't know what's gonna change about the industry. Because a week ago, I could have helped the person at a 580 score do this. Um, today, th this morning, I could help someone with a 600 score. At 130 today, that score went up to 620. So waiting costs you options, right? There's still things that can be done like credit repair. Um, if your score is not where you need it, I, I don't want to discourage anybody. I just want to motivate you to look before these opportunities go away, you know? What, it might what, save you. <laughs> what a Sorry. what an interview. You, you know, you touched on some main topics today that I didn't even think we was going to cover. Uh, and, and we got to have you back. We got to do another show. We got to talk more about things, as you said, that can create other streams of income for people so they can have that. We always talk about plan B, right? And yeah. now that we're right in the, the heat of uh, a pandemic, Folks are sitting around with their plan A being broke. Their plan A is broke. Not saying that you're broke. It's just saying that your plan A is broke. Right. You had a plan B, another stream of income, maybe two, three, four other streams of income. Then you're like, okay, I'm taking a hit over here. I had to focus more on this now to get that plan B to come up. So we talked about that. We talked about the interest rates. We talked about what's going on with the, uh, uh, if you want to do a loan consolidation, I love the modification issue. They have to do that. And we learned a new word today, forbearance. So again, look into that, call your mortgage company. Uh, but since we uh, had our conversation, I want people know, to know how they can reach you, Mr. Jackson, if they have some more questions when it comes to mortgages, refinancing, forbearance, all the topics we talk about today. How do they reach you? Yeah, my cell's 202 596 Four seven one zero. You can call me or text me at any time. So um, my email address is Eddie Period Jackson at dkmortgage.com. But you're you're it's going to be faster uh, and more personal to reach me on my cell. Please start there. Great. And one of the key takeaways, guys, he said that if you need an evaluation, don't wait until you need it. Do it now. And uh, I, I just want to thank you, uh, Mr. Jackson, today for coming on the Veterans Home Buying Show and uh, look forward to doing some other things with you in the future. And guys, you know, continue to listen, share, uh, comment, rate this show, let people know about what's going on, especially now. And, and we'll keep providing content like this for you where you can not just take notes, but apply it. Thank you, Mr. Jackson, for coming on the show today. Do you have any other uh, words of wisdom before we sign off? No, Mr. Bailey, just thank you uh, for having me. I come from a military family, um, so it's, um, it's an honor for me to um, do anything uh, to, to help the military family. Even if this podcast helped one person avoid foreclosure or have a better life, then it was more than worth the time, and I enjoyed speaking with you as always. God bless you, sir. And uh, God bless you, too. 
God bless all the soldiers and airmen and our, our Navy seamen, all you guys out there that's making the world a safer place. We appreciate you, love you, and thank you for everything you do. This concludes thank another you. episode. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jackson, and thank you, everyone else. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the Veterans Home Buying Show. Thank you, and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to hear more episodes of the Veterans Home Buying Show. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Be sure to rate this show, leave a review or comment, and share with someone you think that could benefit from this podcast. Stay connected with me on social media via Facebook groups by joining the Veterans Home Buying Network. To access show notes, home buying and homeowner tips, and solutions along with other useful information, including your free copy of the Home Buyer's eBook, visit www.theveteranshomebuyingnetwork.com. Again, that's www.theveteranshomebuyingnetwork.com. Until next time, keep the faith and thank you for keeping us safe.